What's good, Denver? What's good, Denver? How are you? I hope you're doing great. What's up, YouTube streamers? We're happy to be here on another Tuesday morning. What's good, Denver is a weekly celebration of culture and discovery and fun stuff to do in Denver for kids, for couples, for singles, and for old timers. Is there anyone we missed in there? Is that everybody? Sounds like everybody. Probably pet, pet events as well. Oh, yeah. The four-legged. <laughs> I'm Ryan Estes with Tom, Tomcat, Donahue, Olivia, I'm not in Mexico City, Lorienti, and the Lyle Alzado of, <laughs> of podcasting, Troy Higgins. Today's feature is Halloween. And in the spirit of scary stories, we're going to share some of our worst nightmares and interpret them for your edification. To follow the show, go to Kitcaster dot com forward slash Denver and subscribe to the YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Today's sponsor is Samana Float Center. You can check them out at samanafloat.com. Samana is located in Rhino and also has a location in Fort Collins. And what they are is they are a float center. If you listen to this podcast, I've kind of gone into depth um, about what a float center is. But in brief, if you're new to the show, this is where you can go and float in silence and darkness. It is an absolutely wonderful way uh, to relax. It's a great stress reliever. It's a great place to work on projects mentally. It's a great place if you're in the contemplative arts. You can go get your meditation on, and it's really, really good for your body. Your skin comes out of there feeling amazing and just gives you a zero-gravity place um, to spend some time. Um, we all know that like getting an opportunity of free of distraction is very rare, and Samana is an absolute gem in Denver to do that. Um, I urge everybody to go check out a, a float. Um, they do have a special this month. I forget what it is, but it is on their website, samanafloat.com. Please go check them out. Um, and we appreciate them for sponsoring this podcast. Shout out to Paul and Heather. Real quick. I actually got McKenna's birthday was last week. I got her a Samana float cause you've been talking about it a lot. Nice. She, she has some like Sometimes she gets like sensory overload and like yeah. anxiety and stuff. I was like, I feel like this would be a perfect thing to try out. Totally. So she's gonna she's gonna go try. She hasn't picked her time slot yet, but uh, we'll definitely check out the special for the month too. Killer. Yeah, I would love to hear what she thinks as well. You know, it's it's amazing. So you know, you get into your own private tub. Okay, that has eight hundred. Yeah, it's not communal. <laughs> communal floats tank would be a little <laughs> awkward. I saw too that they like the filtering level is like drinking water. So like after every person comes in, it's filtered and like you could drink it actually if you needed to. But there's salt in it, right? Yeah. You could drink it if you could stomach insane amounts of salt. An insane amount. <laughs> yeah, I was just reading their thing. It's just like our filtering level is like drinking water status. So yeah. don't worry about that. But don't drink it because it's really salty. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, it's absolutely extraordinary. So everyone has their own little cabana. You have your own shower. You have your own little area to, to chill. You know, um, first time, first time goers, they also have like a little bit of petroleum jelly that you can put on any scrapes. So you want to kind of inspect yourself. If you have Ooh. a cat, then you want to make sure that any that little burns. scratch, just put it on there because that salt water, you will definitely figure out everywhere on your body that you do have a little scratch. I hadn't mm. even thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. It gets a, it's a little spicy right when you get in, um, but then you're, you're kind of off to the races. But yeah, particularly if you have, you know, your nerves are feeling particularly fried. And as we're coming into the holiday season, you need, may need a, might need a float preemptively and postemptively of all of the family festivities. Um, but yeah, shout out to Samana. That's cool. I'd love to hear how McKenna enjoys it. Um, we got events to, to kick things off. Tom, why don't you lead us off with events this week? Awesome. We're going to, I'm going to do some screen share on the event so everyone can see what we're seeing cool. over here. So really quickly, let's just get you guys on the event view and number one popping up. I know that no one else can see this. I wish you guys could see it up there. But anyway, the live viewers can see it and the recording can see it as well. 
But number one coming up for me, we got Rocky Mountain Goat Yoga. I've talked about them before, but they're back with the Goat Flicks and Chill this weekend on Sunday. (laughs) Shameless. They got Goat Flicks and Chill. Hocus Pocus is the viewing, and uh, that's going to be on Sunday at 7 p.m. You get to chill, watch Hocus Pocus with some goats. So if you ever, <laughs> that's it. If you ever, if you ever thought that, uh, look, hold on, about goat flicks and chill. Have you ever wanted to just chill out with a goat on a Sunday night and watch a real good flick? Well, here's your chance. Uh, they've teamed up. Um, oh wait, sorry. RMGY has brewed up something real special for all the goat lovers with the film obsession. <laughs> What's the film? It goes, it goes on. It's hocus pocus. Hocus Pocus? Yeah. yeah. My goat is like more of a German expressionist girly, but. <laughs> yes. My goat's more of an animal farm kind of guy. Lawn chairs <laughs> and blankets encouraged. Uh, get your get you a goat. <laughs> nice. Watch a real good flick with your goat buddy. Oh, man. What, what to bring? Okay. Make sure you got some comfortable attire, clothes, water bottle. Wow. Dress warm. $5 for goat snacks. You cannot feed them outside snacks. Goats are needy. Goats eat anything. They need snacks. They need movies. They need to do yoga. This is event number one for me. Our events this week from me are brought to you by Eventbrite. So that's what we're going to see here. Next one, Halloween Bar Crawl. So this is supposed to be one of the better bar crawls for Denver. But 2023 Denver Halloween Bar Crawl, all access. So... You're going to wear a costume. You're going to walk around to a bunch of downtown bars where people are also wearing costumes. Are you ready to paint the town red this Halloween? Um, The date for this one is October 28th. So, oh, no. Oh, wait, no, sorry. It says both dates because it ends at 2 a.m. So October 28th at 8 p.m. And you're going all night. Uh, $1,000 Halloween contest. They got costume contests. Music, Halloween-themed gifts, food and drink specials. The link for this is going to be in the bio if you want to. Oh, you get $10 to spend included uh, at the event. So you get like half a drink. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. That's, a, that's not bad. Uh, pre-check-in venue is going to be at Celtic on Market. So that's where it's starting, um, which is also a great bar. Totally. If you've never been to it. If that's you ever want spot. any any big game that's going on, they got it. The food is good. Um Food service sometimes gets crazy because that place gets packed out. So be prepared. And then the last event that I'm talking about is Dixon's Violin. Um, Visionary Violin with Roma Ransom. Um, This guy's crazy. I don't know if you guys ever heard about Visionary Violin? No, no, no. So Dixon's Violin. I think Visionary Violin is just the name of this specific uh, show that he's doing. But he goes off he's i go to electric forest a lot and he's always at electric forest and he just like captivates you uh with this violin that he's got he's got this electric violin set up that is just here's the description you've never heard violin like this (laughs) the world's premier visionary violinist dixon's life mission is to inspire people and he has done so at over 1000 concerts across north america including giving Four TED Talks slash performances over 10 years. Um, He's been at Burning Man, Electric Forest, radio, TV, film appearances. A former tech leader and symphony violinist, Dixon walked away from a distinguished career to follow his full or his dream full time and invented a whole new music genre. It really is like that. Like it's it's actually pretty crazy. Um, Check that out if you're into any sort of uh, musical genius. That is going to be at the Lodge at Woods Boss. I do not know where that is. The Lodge. Um, 22nd Street, 675 22nd Street. That's going to be um, Saturday, October 28th from 7 to 11. Tickets are 20 bucks. It's definitely worth it if you are down for that type of thing. And that is it for me. If anybody else would like to go next. I'm happy to go, and I'm a little bit surprised we're not talking about Red Rock schedule. Honestly. Oh, wait, I do have that, actually. <laughs> I was about to say. Sorry, I was about to say. What are you doing? I, I have it What's right here. Happening? Hold on. You guys are getting to see our little uh, production doc for a second. 
I got it. I got it. I have the link ready for us to go. I know that tonight is going to be Griffin. Yes, I might be going. I'm McKenna's going with her best friend. It's her birthday. I don't know if I'm actually rolling through tonight, but Griffin tonight and tomorrow. Lost Frequencies. Thursday, Mark Rebier. I mean, if you want to go get excited and hear some crazy stuff, uh, go to that. You know what I was excited about? I don't know Mark Rebier, but Harry Mack is opening that show. And I absolutely love him. You guys know about Harry Mack? No, nope. I don't. But yeah, it no. says Emily King and Harry Mack. Dude, mm. Harry Mack might be the greatest freestyle rapper that ever lived. Really? Maybe you've seen his YouTube videos where he just like he just goes to like like Venice Beach. And oh, just, I've seen this guy. Yeah, yeah, he is absolutely out of control, and he's so happy and positive. This dude was a hero of COVID for me because when I was just exhausted of doom scrolling. I'd put on Harry Mack videos where you'd go on o Omegle and just rap for people on Omegle. And it is like the most positive, like insane freestyle raps you've ever heard in your life. I love that guy. Striving for excellence, Harry Mack Omegle bars. Yeah, dude. He's but like, also like 18 and up, don't, like just because of what you may encounter, right? Like don't get on Omegle if you're not an adult. Oh, no, I just I don't go on Omegle. I just see his videos on Omegle. Okay, okay. Yeah, it seems yeah. like minefield. The top questions, number one question about Harry Mack is how much does it cost to book Harry Mack? And the second question is, does Eminem know Harry Mack? He's got to. <laughs> Harry Mack is unbelievably amazing. I love him. Does I remember him from over COVID. God. What was that, Troy? Well, I remember him from over COVID, definitely. His videos yeah. were everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Well, I'm sure that Mark Rebier is going to make some beats live and harry mack is gonna freestyle over him i mean that just seems like the only uh viable option. emily king let's see who that is really quick I, she sounds familiar i wonder i wonder if he's gonna rhyme red rocks with something i bet you he will there seems like a lot oh. of material to freestyle about red rocks yeah definitely definitely emily king is pretty sweet looking too i think i've seen some of her videos online but yeah mark rba is always about bringing in the freestyle type people the looping type people he's also known as the loop daddy so <laughs> that's his uh that's his, Did he, I remember his entire you... show is unplanned and and he doesn't actually play song like he doesn't he has very few recorded songs it's really just off the dome the whole Sick. time Trey, what, has or, he played sorry, red rocks Trey? multiple times recently I feel like you he was on a lineup last time, or that might have been the same lineup. Um, I had mentioned it last week. Oh, okay, I was same event. Excited okay. about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I went. I went to see him last year. I'm not going this year, unfortunately. It's going to be on Thursday night. But um, it it's so much fun. He actually like, came in from the top last year in his robe, and he ran down the middle of the crowd to nice. get to the stage. It was funny. That's cool. Yeah, he's an entertainer for sure. He's an entertainer. Uh, Friday, Duke Dumont live set. Also, get there early. My boy CJ, who I recently met um, through a friend of mine, Bill, they met on the golf course, and then we uh, ended up DJing and mixing it up that night at a party that we were throwing. Uh, he's opening, so Sweet. congrats to CJ. This is going to be his first uh, Red Rocks visit. Hold on a second. I just lost it. The uh, internet is being a little strange. It's a little spotty today. Hopefully the live stream is looking all right. And then let's finish it up. Saturday, Tale of Us. They are absolutely massive in the world right now. Um, they've got some insane visuals. Uh, that's basically some like house and some more techno type music. Sunday, Madion. He is the OG finger drummer. Crazy. Like insane compilation videos on youtube type guy he's just got one video that like everyone on earth has seen um and then monday and tuesday suicide boys a lot of people like them i will just quickly say that i did see them once at red rocks they were opening for somebody and they had to get dragged off the stage because they were far too intoxicated and they were not <laughs> making any sense but there's a market for that. So, um, and <laughs> Rough night. I, apparently, I've heard that they've gone clean, so that's good. Nice. So I bet their show is much more uh, entertaining. They were opening for Afro Man, I think. Nice. Or, oh, or no, God. Afro Man was – no, no, no. It was actually uh, like Flatbush Zombies. I was going to say and I saw them with Afro Flatbush. Afro Man was all, also an opener. Weird. 
Afro Man, see, they got kind of dragged off because they were a little too messed up. And then Afro Man got on the stage and he was like, I'm just going to let everyone know I'm way too fucked up right now. <laughs> and then he destroyed his set. And then it was, no, like in a good way. Like yeah, he yeah, did yeah, an yeah. amazing <laughs> job at the set. Um, and then I think he, Afro Man ended up just uh, pleading with everyone and being like, 10 minutes early before his show was supposed to end. He's like, I'm sorry, guys, I've got to get off. (laughs) Like, I can't do it. Oh, man. But he killed the set. It was a perfect Afro man, exactly what you would want. Nice. And that is it for me. Awesome. I can go. Thanks, Tom. Yes. And Ryan, I'm going to bring up your events if there's links for them. But if not, I'm going to Google them and and make it so that everyone can see what you're talking about. Sick. Okay. Um, Pull up that itchy O's. Because that's I'll land on that one, and then the, the other one is the Dio de Muertos Parade and Festival. The other stuff I'm going to kind of just rip through. Okay. The first one for me is Friday night. Hugh Reagan and friends present a tribute to Sun Ra. Hugh Reagan's an amazing uh, trumpet player, and if you guys don't know the music of Sun Ra, boy, you sure definitely need to get into that. Space is the place that'll tie into my nightmare a little bit later. Cool. But Sun Ra and the orchestra is absolutely extraordinary and very Halloweeny. Very uh, appropriate. It's at Lumonics Light and Sound Gallery Friday at 7 p.m. We also have DJ Logic that's in town on Saturday, which would be awesome, October 28th at Orchid. Um, we have Venus Cruz, my old homie Venus Cruz, playing Sunday at Herb's Hideout. Looks like that's kind of like a, a monthly or bi-monthly event. Um, definitely fun to check out. And then I want to mention Saturday night, Tyson Fury and Francis Ngannou are fighting boxing. Which is a bit, I mean, the boxing right now seems to be kind of like enveloped in like a spectacle sport now with the the Paul brothers are kind of doing a, their thing. And, you know, but the the heavyweight, well, and of course, Tyson Fury has just been dominant for, for years now. So, you know, boxing does well when the heavyweight division does well. And honestly, I'm really happy for Francis Ngannou getting this gigantic payday. You know, he, he had to break his contract with the UFC and it'll be sad not to see him doing MMA. But I want to see this fight. Yeah, it'll be worth it for him. I want to see this fight. I mean, I I, predictions, I don't see how this can go well for Francis. You know, the level of striking from Tyson Fury and just the sheer size. Both guys are absolute giants, but Tyson Fury is really big dude. You know, Mm -hmm. so um, I, I went and checked. For, there's multiple places carrying its pay-per-view event, um, but uh, I want to give a shout-out to Sloan's Lake Tap and Burger that's hosting the event on Saturday night. I've seen um, uh, pay-per-views there. It's lots of fun. There's so many TVs, so there's good uh, seats for everybody. I would just recommend you get there early and kind of stake out your table you know, and check that out. So that's Saturday. Okay, the two other things I, I want to talk about is Itchy O's Ninth Annual Hollow Mass Echoes from Aoth. And that's at the Mercury Cafe, and they're doing multiple shows. Friday, oh, I'm sorry, Friday, Saturday, Monday, and I think Tuesday. So they got a ton of shows at the Mercury Cafe. It's $37. Itchy O is this really cool. I don't know if they're a band. You guys seen these guys? No. Nope. They're super sick. So Hollow mass. it's got like a real tribal gothic energy. They Everyone's playing drums. They're playing in the crowd, with the crowd. The crowd becomes part of the show. Really? Every single show they do is unique and different. And um, the band is compromised usually of probably like, I don't know, a dozen plus people from a bunch of different bands in Denver. And they just put on an insane party. Absolute sense of shows. Yeah, they're doing a ton. Which is cool. So they they must have, you know, in the past, they usually do a big theater show, but it looks like they're probably doing something that's a little more maybe sticking to script if because they have like, yeah. yeah, it's like a 6 p.m. show, a 9 p.m. show. Yeah. I would recommend the 9 p.m. shows because there's probably going to be some fun after hours events. Yeah. And I love to see anything happening at the Mercury Cafe. That is OG Denver. And I love that spot. The other thing I wanted to mention, which looks very, very cool, which is Dia Dia. Uh, pronounce it for me, Dia de Muertos. Dia de los Muertos. <laughs> de, see, that's what's throwing me off. It didn't have the los. Yeah, there's no los in this one, but yeah, I was like, is Dia it, de Muertos. It's multiple days and there's no los. Dia de los Muertos Parade and Festival presented by Viva Colorado, which is October 28th, Saturday at Civic Center Park. It's totally free. Um, so this is going to be a really big event. Looks really, really cool. Um, let me pull down. It's a... Uh, 
Internationally Award Artist invites you to celebrate, celebrate Dia de los Muertos Parade and Festival, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. This is an all-day thing. Um, it will begin, the parade begins at 11 a.m. at 7th and Santa Fe and make its way to 13th and Mariposa near La, La, I think that's Los Almas too, La Alma. Yeah, La Alma. Is it, is it Los Almas? Oh, it's know. just a singular Alma. Alma is love. Los Almas would be our love, their love. The love's plural. The love part. Anyway, the festival will take place at the Civic Center after the parade at 11, between 12 and 8 p.m. So five creative floats, marching bands, ballet, fire trucks, Katarina's, Coco characters, low riders, dancing horses, Asian community with dragons, Museum of Nature and Science, and special guests. It sounds like a party. It sounds like the perfect thing to do to really get the kids at a fever pitch for trick-or-treating on the 31st. Um, that's what I've got. And I'm nice. going to pass this over to <clears throat> Olivia. What you got on tap? Word. This week, I am really looking forward to the last Untitled Artist takeover of the season. So I could not say enough good stuff about this. I went last time to the uh, Desert Dreamer Lowrider exhibition, which was about um, – they already had an installation that was about lowrider culture and like Latine and First Nation communities in the U.S. And it was so freaking cool. And Untitled Artists Takeover, there were like comedians. There were folks who were there from the community to like explain different exhibitions. There was like food from Tokabe. Um, there were, were like Latine drag queens destroying a giant pinata. It was like just the, <laughs> nice. it was a bomb night. And so I can't impress enough that people should definitely check this out. It's this Friday night, October 27th, $15 for Colorado resident adults, free for kids under 18. Um, and this one is, I'm just going to read the description to you. Artist, uh, this is the last artist taker over the year. Explore the migration of cultural traditions and interweaving of local customs with Jasmine of Enokogan and Cherish Marquez. Kogan is an American Ghanaian visual artist, educator, scholar, entrepreneur, and civil rights activist. Marquez is a Latina and queer identifying visual artist with a focus on digital media. And I took a look at some of this work. There are also going to be like another 20 artists represented from those communities. Um, a lot of this digital art is really creating, it reminds me of like 2001, a space odyssey kind of these like harrowing landscapes that you feel like you could just lose yourself in. It, it's going to be super cool. And really I don't cool. know what the like extracurricular presentations are going to be yet, but it's just worth it. Um, my second one is the band Rawayana is going to be at the Bluebird this Saturday night. I'm super bummed to miss it. If you don't know, Rawayana is a Venezuelan band from Caracas and they do like a reggae funk, salsa, trippy pop, like really funky bass, super cool. If you like Chicano Batman or Manu Chow, mm -hmm. you'll really dig these guys. Um, and go for me because I can't be there and I want to. Cool. Last one, I'm going to double down on the Dia de los Muertos. There is an Albrijes workshop at Anythink York Street in Thornton. And for anybody who doesn't know an Albrije is a paper mache kind of chimera-like creature. A lot of times they have different body parts from different animals, but um, they're a traditional craft of Mexico. They're not actually as old as people think. They're from like kind of the 40s. Um, a paper mache artist started producing them then, and they were really popularized by Frida and Diego, like a lot of other Mexican uh, art forms. But this is a free workshop. You just have to register for it. It's for both adults and kids at anything. And I am, as uh, Ryan alluded to at the beginning of the episode, I'm so sad not to be in Mexico. This is the first year in three years that I haven't been in Mexico for Dia de los Muertos. And it's incomparable. Um, you know, the whole city is, they replant marigolds throughout the whole city. Like, uh, roundabouts and medians full of marigolds. And like, there's a giant alabrije competition where like five foot, six foot tall alabrijes are all the way down Reforma, like the main paseo through the city, like Pando Muerto, like all of it. It's just the best time of the year. So I'm going to pretend 
that I'm in Mexico. I'm going to go paint an albrije and maybe try and dig up some pan Huerto if I can. Killer. Give us the overview. I think all we know, all I know about Dios de los Muertos is like sugar skulls and everything that's awesome as far as like Mexican culture and, and salty candies. Yeah. So I am... Uh, First of all, not Mexican, so I don't know if I'm like a certified purveyor of the culture, but I did really do my best while I was there to learn from the people who were around me about what it was. And an ofrenda is what an altar is, which is what you make in order to kind of invite in your past loved ones to spend time with them. And so the ofrenda, you spend all month making it and you put papel picado up, which is the cut paper flags. And you sprinkle the marigolds, which I don't remember if it's Aztec or Nahuatl, but it's called Sempasuchitl. Um, And you sprinkle that to the doorway. You burn copal, which is like an incense. And you fill that altar with everything that that person loved. So it's like you get one night to come back and visit me. Like, it's going to be bomb. So, like, I made an ofrenda for my grandfather. And my grandfather smoked until the day he died. He loved a stiff martini. And he loved chocolate. So, like, grandpa's ofrenda, he's getting cigarettes. Did I kill him? Yes. If grandpa's back for one night, he wants cigarettes. Like, that's how he's going to live it up. No doubt. Um, So you're just making this altar to, like, really invite the memory of your family. And I will say that, like, going through the process of doing this every year, it really does feel like you're spending time with your loved one because, like, you know, you take an intentional trip to the mercado, to the market, to go get grandpa's favorite things. Yeah. And so you're really thinking about what they would enjoy. And it's it's just such a beautiful tradition. Um, I'm really only scratching the surface of it. But, like, from what I experienced, it's it's really a whole month long. It's not just one day. Yeah. And it's so much more positive than it's – I really prefer it to our view of death because, like I said, it's just like hanging out. And a lot of people spend that night in graveyards actually doing this celebration, which I did not do because I don't have family members in that graveyard. And that would have been weird of me to do. Um, but, yeah, I, I love Dia de los Muertos, and I wish I was there. Yeah, me, me too. I think it's so cool. And we, we don't really have, like, positive rituals around uh, the dead. Yeah. Almost in, in our culture, American culture, we just kind of – push it to the side and don't think about it. You know, I, I do love American Halloween and the macabre yeah. and the, the ridiculous gore and chocolate and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there, there's something beautiful and spiritual about De Los Muertos. Absolutely. And I will say that Mexico has both. Like the most popular subculture in Mexico are called Los Darks, the, like in English, Darks. Goths. The goth scene is huge in Mexico. And so the ideal weekend, like if I were in Mexico City right now, you do Dia de los Muertos in the morning and then you go to goth clubs at night. <laughs> yeah. And so like the the band hard. Boy Harsher that I mentioned before, they're like dark wave. They play like double sold out nights that weekend. Hell and yeah. It's, it's, That's sweet. Yeah. You get all the flavors. That's rad. Cool. Thanks, Olivia. I'm sorry you're not in Mexico too. I'm glad to be here with you guys. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Let's jump into our feature. Um, this week, we're going to feature our own personal horrific nightmares. And and Olivia did point out that, like, th- this probably isn't the worst one because we, we don't have to share those live stream on YouTube. Um, but we want to we want to talk a little bit about our our scariest dreams. Troy, did you have something picked out, buddy? Yeah, absolutely. Um I've had quite a few nightmares in my time. Uh, I can't really think of like any extreme scary one in particular, but there is like two reoccurring ones I've I've had pretty much my whole life from a kid until adulthood. And one of them is, I think it's like a very common one, which probably I feel like I've heard a lot of other people have experienced it too. But um, going like you get dropped off at school and you're naked and you just have no clothes. I don't know if anyone's ever had that dream before and all I had to like cover myself was a like brown paper lunch bag all day at school. Oh no. Which is like, (laughs) you know, as a kid, one of the most humiliating things you could probably, that could happen to you. The second one is I'll be in a room that's like completely infested with spiders, like thousands and thousands of spiders and webs and they're crawling all over you and uh, there's nothing you can do about it at all. I don't know if either of you, I feel like those are common dreams. Maybe not. Maybe I'm a little out there. I don't know if you guys have had those dreams. I've heard the school one before. but The spider dream, I have a very similar dream, but mine's cockroaches. 
Oh, I'm terrified of oh. cockroaches, and that's that is what is infesting my dreams. Yeah, yeah. I, I had the spider dream once, and it freaked me out. <laughs> I had to run into my parents' room, and the, all the spiders were even there on the way to my parents' room, and then turn the lights on, and they were gone. Is it like they're hanging from webs, and you have to like run through all the webs and them hanging? Yeah, they're coming from the ceiling. Like, <laughs> yeah, and Troy, I want to know because I'm always curious about this. When I wake up from a nightmare, there are like different flavors of waking up from a nightmare. Like some, you just wake up and it's over. Some, you wake up and you're like paralyzed for the whole night if it was really bad. What usually wakes you up? Like, do you make the decision in your dream to wake up, or are you so startled that you kind of set yourself up? Like, what happens? I think in the dream, it gets to like the absolute climax of like where I'm mm -hmm. about to get, you know, something really bad's going to happen. I'm going to get hurt where the spiders are finally going to attack me. And then that's like when I wake up, it never gets to like that, like point the moment of like actually, um, you know, getting killed or injured or whatever happens. Yeah, like you always the terror, the death. Yeah. Like I always wake up right before that. And then I'm pretty much instantly realized Same. like, okay, that's that, that was fake. I'm I'm not usually not one to mm -hmm. like wake up and still be like kind of like in a, what is it called like night terrors like paralyzed you can't move that typically yeah. typically doesn't happen to me I don't think that's happened to me before I like the technique of interpreting dreams where everything in the dream is you so that's, it's not like you're the the main character you're all the characters in the dream what are the spiders trying to tell you Troy I don't yeah I don't know I just I don't think I have a spider phobia. They don't really bother me in real life. Cockroaches bother me way more in real yeah. life. Same. I have, <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. Do you idea. have a spider deficiency? Is that it? I don't know. Maybe you need to add some spiders? Yeah. Maybe. Literally? The spiders want to tell you something. Yeah. They probably do. Follow the spiders. The other kind of way to interpret dreams is uh, indigenous communities, Lakotas for sure, will just act out their dreams. If they have like a, a significant enough dream, they put it to ritual to see hmm. kind of what, what comes comes about from that. I don't recommend that in this case. Yeah, I don't know Troy. about that one. I don't know where yeah, I'd find that many spiders. Bunch of spiders. That's so. like a, to enact that is like a 20 or a 2002 fear factor situation. Like <laughs> you're zipped into a bag of spiders and have to, I don't know, yeah. eat the sandwich. The key, <laughs> the key, you can only grab the key with your mouth and it's covered in spiders. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I uh, totally. I also had a dream one time from the movie Chucky. I don't remember if you guys have or have you guys seen that movie? Probably. When I was a kid, Classic. the movie Chucky yeah. that one got that one got me for a while, and uh, I actually wanted to share a quick list that I ran into recently or saw last week. Um, I guess they did a study. The Science of Scare Project did a study where they strapped heart rate monitors to 250 test subjects and measured which horror films impacted their heart rate. And there's a list here. Um, the, the movie, the host took the number one scare score. I don't know if you guys have seen the movie, the host. Never seen it. It's like not the one that was written by the same author who wrote twilight. Is it? I'm not sure. It's about a bunch of like teens or young adults on a zoom call doing a ritual. Is that the same movie? I have no idea. So I watched it last week because I was curious and it was not, um, it was basically just pure jump scares, like the entire jump scares, just yeah. all jump scares, nothing really scary. And like the demons could communicate through zoom, which I thought was kind of corny. <laughs> so, yeah. If you want to go sit through an hour and a half of jump scares, you can go do that. But the list is worth checking. I'll just watch the news. Yeah. yeah. It's probably, yeah, that's worse. Um, but yeah, if you want to check out the list, we'll have it in the show notes. Nice. Yeah. You know what was a uh, pretty scary? What what I really like was a birdcage with Sandra Bullock that came out a few years ago on Netflix. Remember that? Oh, I remember yeah. oh, bird, box. bird Box. Bird Box. That was it. Yeah. yeah. I didn't watch it, but it was a huge phenomenon. I remember. Yeah. I, I I didn't appreciate the sentiment of the movie, but uh, John Malkovich is in that and completely steals the show. And it's it's like the realest thing because he's like a recovering alcoholic, and so like when it, he's getting stressed out, his his wife dies, and he goes to like his cabinet and there's like a little shooter and he just like he like pinches the he takes off the cap of the shooter puts his finger over the bottle and then just like douses it and just tastes a little bit on his tongue and it was just like just the the most interesting explanation of an alcoholic i've ever seen <laughs> and i was wow. like well, that's, that was dark that was dark yo wow nice cool all right olivia you got a dream yeah i have a lot so I have a very 
uh, strong history of dreams. I I try not to put too much weight on them, but they're such an interesting thing, right? And I I am somebody who's lucid dreamt a lot and who has like had periods of time where I dreamt every single night dreams that I remembered and dreams that were lucid. And so it's hard for me to not be really curious about them when I feel like I lived a whole nother life at night and then I wake up. Yeah. And so I've like loosely look at, looked at dream interpretation and then try not to take it too seriously. But most notably, there was a period of time when I was on tour when this was happening every night. I was having nightmares every single night and they were lucid. And I noticed that's something that like if I'm comfortable in one location, like I've lived in Denver for months and months now, the dreams stop. But if I start traveling again, like when I was traveling and touring, I always had the dreams. So anyway, during the time when I was um, touring, I was like 20 years old and I was having nightmares every single night about these like labyrinth house situations. I have a lot of searching dreams mm. and they would be these beautiful, very imaginative house environments that I could actually like wake up and draw if I wanted to, or I would like paint or sculpt in my dreams and like wake up and draw that. So it was very exciting. But I was always like searching in this labyrinth or running in this labyrinth um, or like going to like, I remember one time I was in this environment that was like a network of houses with water in between. So like I had to swim between the houses and I was like looking for something, but then like the trick would be somebody would try and get me to like almost like the Lotus eaters. Like they would try and distract me at one of the houses. So then I couldn't look for what I was supposed to be looking for. Um, anyway, that was a lot of information. The moral of the story <laughs> is that I re every night I would be searching and then I started running. I had to run every night. And I was lucid enough to make whatever decision I wanted, except for to confront what I was running from, which like, I'm sure my therapist would have something to say about. Um, you're running from something, but if you're in a labyrinth, you're trying to run to something too. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was like searching and running at the same time, just a lot of fear in these environments. But then once, like one night after months of being terrorized by these dreams, I finally had the ability to confront what I was running from, which was like some kind of like ghost or entity. And I was just like, get the f out of here. This is my dream, dude. Like, <laughs> I'm so tired of this. And which is like, I don't know if you've guys seen the newer it, but that's like what one of the characters says to do. And then he dies. Um, Is to confront the... Confront what's scaring you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that is what happened. And it actually freaking worked. Yeah. So I don't know what the moral of that story is. But they see that in a lot of visionary experiences that if you're having challenging or scary episodes, then you just ask what they're trying to teach me. What do you, yeah. have, what do you have to say to me? And then they're like, I'm not scary. You're like, oh. I'm not scary. I just want to teach you. <laughs> I just want to dap you up, man. You're doing a good job. You're like, wow, that's so encouraging, like, Damon. Yo, good. I'm just looking for friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of scary movies, Labyrinth with uh, David Bowie for a kid's movie. Then I saw that when I was a kid. I was like, this is the scariest thing I've ever seen in yes. my life. <laughs> I have not seen that. So. I haven't, seen, you, I haven't oh, really? seen that either. It's Jim with Henson David and, Bowie. and David Bowie. It's so good. Wow. It's it's amazing. It's classic. But it's it was like it, Jennifer Connelly is in it as a little girl. Mm -hmm. It's so scary. Oh, my God. There's these... There's these Muppets that like their heads go up and down and exchange on bodies. I don't know. If it's also so fabulous if we're talking about David Bowie's quaff oh and like little leather pants. Like I would, I think he's full leggings. Is it leggings? Yeah. Yeah. You heard it here. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like earlier or older kids media content, like movies and cartoons were more scary than some of the scary movies that we get today. Like like oh, dude, some of the great. '90s cartoons they came out with were pretty scary and traumatizing. Oh, the Dark Crystal, another Jim Henson masterpiece. Yeah. The Skeksis, yeah, it's terrified me as a child, big time. And my dad was scared of it as a child too. So I was like, "You were scared, and then you chose to also scare me." <laughs> yeah, that's chose to show it to me. That's a part of horror movies, really. Is that like you hate them so much because you're so scared that you spread them to everybody else because being scared is a contagion. And it only feels better when somebody else takes it from you. Mm. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> really is it. Tom, you got a dream, buddy? Yeah, I got a couple. 
this one was recurring when I was a child, but I haven't had it in a long time. It's probably the oldest dream that I remember, but um, I'm like in like a gladiator stadium or something like that. And like, I'm, I'm like a performer though, and I'm doing the show and I have like a T-Rex, but like during the show, it bites my arm off. That happened. Whoa a lot when I was a kid. I don't know why I would always have this dream. But I wouldn't be like that scared. I'd be like, oh, T-Rex bit my arm off. Was that just the act? I guess. That could have <laughs> been the actual act. That was one of them. And then there's a more like introspective weird one that I used to have only only back like high school time. Um, but I'm like I'm like an energy entity in this one. Yeah. I don't really know what is going on but there's just like a pressing task that's like all important and i and i'm like running to it or something or i'm like trying to get the task done and it's never like an actual like comprehensible task it's just like i have to get the thing done done. yeah 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 um which might lead over into this newer one that actually is a repetitive dream that happens i'm like there's there's two it's kind of the same dream, but sometimes it has some different forms. But like in this world, like once you're done with college, you have to go back to high school. Oh, God. <laughs> and then oh, you, whatever it is, it's like I have like this assignment to do that like is due next period. But like I didn't do it at all. And this will cause me to fail the class and in turn like negate my college. I have <laughs> so I have that like, dream too actually. I now now that Are you serious? You go back to high school after college? It's I don't know if it's high school. I feel like it's just like college just keeps going forever. Like it's like you you check your email and you're like signed up for all these classes you didn't know you signed up for and you're like grade is like horrible and you missed all these assignments. I have that dream still dude to this day yeah it's a weird one it's like it's like thinking like i was so close to like being done and like ready to start life and now it's over because i didn't complete this assignment or something but (laughs) but yeah in this like whatever dream world scenario that keeps repeating with me like yeah once you're done with college you actually have to go back to high school for a couple classes or like a year or two and like you you help like the younger high school kids but um like also you have to pass this or like <laughs> it doesn't or else you're beat i don't know that's one that's been messing with me recently actually i don't know why um, but what's the assignments you're missing tom Right. I, it's, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's usually an English assignment. Some fat essay. Oh. <laughs> That's mine right now. Nice, man. I Like Olivia, I have a really weird relationship with, with sleep. I sleep really well. Go to sleep easy. Wake up, no problems. But I've, I've always had chronic sleep paralysis, mm-hmm. which was actually really kind of interesting when I found out that that was a thing. I just thought that's how sleep was, is that you woke up three times a night and couldn't move and felt like you're suffocating. I just thought that's what sleep was. And then I find, turns out that like most people have an experience of that at some point where your body, your body's asleep, but your mind wakes up and you can't move. Um, and I'll go through spells now. I mean, I might go a year clip without it and then I'll go through spells and I'll have it every single night for mm-hmm. long periods of time. So uh, if people are going through that, you're not alone. Some of us are out here. Um, but I had a really weird dream this weekend. So uh, here's my dream. I wake up, I'm on a spaceship. Okay. And Arnold Schwarzenegger is there and he's in a, uh, an astronaut outfit all buttoned up. And he's like, Ryan, you know, open the gates. But like, in, as I can't do Arnold. Ryan, open the gates. Ryan, open the gates. <laughs> nice. Good. That's good. And I'm like, whoa, what's happening? And I look and I can see from the windows the way that the, I can see like the galaxies and the stars that like actually the spaceship is is spinning. Mm-hmm. It's spinning and it's starting to spin faster. And I'm like, Arnold, where are you going, man? And he's like, I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry I woke you up. Tom, help me out here. I'm sorry I woke you up, Brian. <laughs> 
He's like, but I couldn't get out unless you opened the door. Um, and then I have this realization that I am actually the operating system of the spaceship. Oh, you're Hal. Oh. I'm Hal. Exactly. I'm Hal. And that now I realize that if he leaves, I can't be switched off. And so that I'm going to be spinning faster and faster through eternity forever. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's not good. And so, and so I woke up and I was like, <clears throat> oh, man, that's... That's a pretty complex feeling to have invoked in a dream. Yeah. Yeah. There was like a, there was a, a feeling of horror and dread. Um, and the, the centrifugal force of the like spinning was like making me nauseous and like picking up steam. Oh. And so it was like, and I was like losing my ability to, to make it end. Mm -hmm. No. Did you ask him why? Were you like, can't you just stay here, dude? I don't want to spin for eternity. Didn't have the chance. I woke up and it gotcha. was, it's been messing with me, but That's intense. But he jumps out the spaceship and as he's floating away, he turns around with a rocket and just <laughs> blows it, blows up. you up. And you're nice. like, thank you, Arnold. Thank you. That would be a very Arnold thing to do. But yeah. the fact that it was Arnold stuck out to me because if everything in this, in the dream is me, so I'm me, but I'm also Arnold in my dream. Arnold is the hero, right? And so there's something about like spiraling into dread and self-consciousness for eternity mm. that the hero in you has to abandon that to go save the day. Yeah. Okay. So that was that was my little trapdoor from from that terrible dream. That's a deep. <laughs> Had you like recently watched an Arnold movie or something? Or was I was actually yeah I was listening to him when I fell asleep. Um, there's a great interview with him and Rick Rubin on Rick Rubin's podcast. Ah, okay. And I love Arnold Schwarzenegger. So it made sense that he was like in my brain, literally. Got it. <laughs> what one did you watch, Troy? I have not watched one recently. Oh, you haven't watched one recently? Okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I was just, yeah, I figured he must have had Arnold in his mind to have that dream. Unless, I don't know, there's some deep rooted obsession in there or something. <laughs> there could be. I mean, I've always a, always a big fan, but that documentary that came out, that three part series, I did watch that like three or four times. He's just about like, Arnold. Yeah, no. have you seen it mm -mm. Oh, on Netflix? So right? Yeah, it's on Netflix. I need to it's watch so that good. one. I mean, yeah, if you think about like just some of the most extraordinary people in the world, he's got to be up there. I mean, oh, just yeah. coming from no man's land, Austria, becoming gigantic you know, as physically, and then parlaying that into some kind of like, you know, superstar of political America. career. And then, yeah, the governor of California. Insane. Anyway, that was, uh, so there's some pretty scary stories. I mean, some of these are very archetypical here. Spiders, mm -hmm. nakedness, mm -hmm. back to school. Back to school. Yeah. Those are, those are bad. I, I did have a dream once I went back to school and uh, got to be a, a star a football player. Mm. That was more of a positive dream. That's, yeah. That sounds awesome. Sometimes I have dreams where I could do like any snowboarding trick, and it's I when if I wake up from them, I'm always trying to go back. I'm like, no. What's yeah. that like, Sean White? It was like a PS2 game. It, do you know what I'm talking about? Where you it's like a snowboarding game. SSX. Yeah, yep. it's like you're doing that in your dreams. Oh, oh yeah, but dream. now I'm doing like real like tricks. Like I'm I'm doing sick stuff. Nice. It's just like everything works out. And uh, I'm just like oh, and sometimes I'll know. Like I'm like I know this is a dream because I can't do this. <laughs> and then I'll but I'll be able to like keep doing the run and like finish it off. But then it's like you get back on the lift and it's like no, I'm getting lifted back to like waking up. <laughs> it's <laughs> like I'm trying to do more runs. Nice. Yeah. My, Those are good ones. My biggest dream come up, I'll be quick on this one, is uh, a couple years ago I met this composer and he told me that he composed in his sleep. And I remember thinking that that was like the pinnacle of craft. Like he was, you know, he could wake up and write it down and have actually com like composed something cogent in his sleep. And then a couple years after that, I started dreaming where I would either sculpt or paint. And that was like a really, that was a, a really big come up for me to feel. I mean, it's not as complex as composing, right? Yeah. Um, it can be as abstract as you want, but I woke up with this sculpture of like a house with eyes on the windows and a mouth on the door in my, like, and I had created it and I was able to wake up and create it in real life. And that was like, I made it. Like I can really cool. play in my dreams. That's my snowboarding dream. 
I'll tell you that most of my musical ideas, especially the good ones, actually come from when I'm asleep. So this is what my this is my voice memos app right here. These are all from middle of the night being fully Wait, asleep. Whoa. Are they really? Yeah. And wow. and I'm not gonna play you any, but like that's crazy. It doesn't matter. I've had that. Holy shoot, dude. I've had that happen before, (laughs) but not that many times. Like I've had, I've definitely like (laughs) written music in my dreams and then I have to like kind of do what you do immediately when I wake up or I'll lose the thought. But yeah, um, I I do like a voice memo. A lot of these are like BS, like unusable, but some of them are like, there'll be a melody. I'm like, dude, that's a good melody. That's an absurd (laughs) amount of times though. Sometimes when I sit down and I need some inspiration, I'll listen to like my like dream melodies or cool. whatever that's come cool. through half those voice memos are like don't forget the english assignment today yes <laughs> <laughs> gotta get to school tonight <laughs> there's a there's a great book by the Dzogchen teacher uh, i think it's called the tibetan yoga of dreams it's all about lucid dreaming um and it spooked me when i read this book because he's obviously he's a uh, uh you know a meditation teacher and i really like the Dzogchen techniques but so he, they, they have all these different ways they measure consciousness. One is waking consciousness. One is dreaming consciousness. And one is what they call Turiya, which is dreamless sleep. I've heard of, yes. And the, the, these, the Tibetan yogis, what they practice is to um, go into dreamless sleep and remain conscious. Hmm. So this is like no rapid eye movement. This is not dreaming. This is basically you're just in this abyss. and But you're not unconscious because oddly enough, it, we probably all experience this. If you're like, dude, I have to get up tomorrow at like 530. Sometimes you like wake up at 530. Yeah, you just know. There's a you, part of you that's still that like sleep. awake. Mm-hmm. And so they they access this. So anyway, he's got all these really cool techniques that like, you know, when you wake up the first time, you do this mantra. When you wake up the second time, you do this practice. So you have these practices basically getting you more and more conscious into your dream states. But what spooked me was that the the end game for them is that you become conscious. So while you're sleeping, you can go meditate in a mindful way <laughs> in your dream. And I was like, oh, my God, there's no end. There's no end. You're like, there's no rest or ever. I thought I was supposed to be relaxing. <laughs> yeah. Become mindfully meditating in your sleep, conscious and aware. It's an amazing book. It's really cool. But after Damn. that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back to Arnold's Spaceships, man. It's too much. It's a little bit more entertaining. I want to play. Yeah. Nice. We're coming up on time. Let's rip through some highlights from last week. Troy, what do you got, buddy? Yeah. So uh, I would say my highlight of last week was uh, just hanging out in LA, exploring a little more, doing some more house searching. I kind of wanted to spin it. I'll spin it briefly uh, in in, uh, light of Halloween into kind of a scary story. Um, Just kind of beware for scammers when doing these kind of things because we encountered one. It was actually quite elaborate. Um, pretty scary stuff. So essentially what it was is it was a self-viewing. So we show up to the property and they basically give you a code and there's a lockbox and you enter the code, you get the key and you're free to check out um, units. And there was five units on this property, all vacant, brand new, remodeled, super cool. Everything seems legit. And we get to the application process. It's a legitimate application site. We like the place, we apply, and the person contacts us and says, okay, you guys are approved. Suspiciously click quick, like within 10 minutes of applying. Um, You just have to meet me at the office location and provide a cashier's check for the deposit. And you get the the keys. And so they send us the address and I look at it and it's like a medical building. And I was like, Interesting. And then I and then I look up the name of the um, property management company and it's a fake website. And I start digging mm. deeper, fake email, and then I start putting two and two together that like we've only been texting them. We haven't really like talked on the phone. And we're flying through mm-hmm. these things, you know, looking for places. So that kind of falls under you it can fall through the cracks if you're not careful. But yeah, beware of those uh self-service uh rental application scams. I guess it's been a big yeah. thing since covid but apparently it's it's uh, like a kind of a security concern because anyone can get the code and then pretend to be the property manager oh, yeah man. because Whoa. they're just sending you to a, a viewing that's actually a different yeah 
person's view. It's a real they, viewing. They just, they just the pretend to be the person showing it. Yeah. So you got to be really careful. But that's my mini horse story. Um, not really a highlight, but we had, we still had some positive, fun things happen. But I just wanted to put that out there. Maybe it might help someone else not fall victim to that situation. Not a highlight, but a scare light. Scare light. I see what you did. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Cashier's checks these days are only used for the government and for scams. Yeah, I was like, so. why would it? Like, that just instantly was, yeah. But anyways. They're like, roll up with three racks and a plastic bag. <laughs> <laughs> it was like seven Leave racks. Under the park bench. They wanted Sounds legit. Se- they wanted 7.7 7 grand. in. A yeah, I was thinking three sounded a little cheap, yeah. but. That's yeah. rough. Yeah. But be be wary. Glad they didn't get you. Yeah. Be wary. Man. I'll, yeah. go, I'll go next with my highlight. Um, I've got two. I'm going to be super quick about it. Glissade Coffee Company in East Denver. Uh, I live in Aurora and we don't have a lot of specialty coffees. And so it was awesome for me to find this place. I the, uh, the like really cool thing about them besides the fact that they have great coffee is they are set up for remote workers. There's like a lot, there are a lot of medical students there. Um, so they have tons of outlets, tons of seating, and it's the kind of place where they expect for you to be there all day, which is not always the case with coffee shops. So that's nice. My other one is, I don't know if anybody else saw this, but Glendale, Colorado just put up these new, have you guys seen this? These new banners, you know, like the publicity banners for like, if they're township is doing like a, you know, a branding campaign or they have something coming up and these banners, I'm going to put a link to the the Reddit that I found say, we ha- we have 4am bars. We're practically Europe. Glendale, Colorado <laughs> is trying to brand themselves as practically Europe. And if you know Glendale, you know, that's hilarious. And the yeah. best thing about this is then the comment section, um, Yes, I knew that from the Glendale Public Housing, Generous Unemployment Benefits, Universal Health Care, and Strippers, that it was, in fact, Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope you say unironically, well, in Glendale, way too much after you go there. That's funny. Anyway, it so. It's a 4 a.m. place, though, and it's right outside. Of, like, it's literally so close to downtown. Dude, we, we could do a Glendale feature, man. They've got great bars over there. Those are just people the, that like to party. We own, The club that we were opening up almost was in Glendale, and I, was, I thought that that might have even been a better thing. Yeah, I, we could do live music and serve until four. Totally. If I wasn't afraid that something bad would happen to me, I have tea on a Glendale politician from a friend who used to work at Shotgun Willie's. But this is the wrong podcast <laughs> for that. So moving uh, forward, whoa, it's yeah. basically Europe. Okay. It's Europe. <laughs> nice. Tom, what's your highlight, buddy? Um, I will go with a networking party that I attended uh, with McKenna. Not in any sort of network that we are involved in, but in the healthcare network. So I was just chatting up with all of the local uh, psychologists, psychiatrists, mental health providers, any any sort of care providers. And that was, that was pretty fun. Um, it was cool. Those people are really, really smart. Um, they know a lot about everything and everyone. And uh, yeah, it's just way different than any of the networking events that we go to through podcasting. So yeah, it was cool to be there and, and chat it up with some of those people. Nice, man. Yeah. Cool. My highlight, I'm just giving a shout out to Core Power Yoga. There's, it, I, I absolutely love that studio. It's really cool. There's so many of them. And the, the benefit of that is like anytime you have like an hour to carve out, there's a studio somewhere that's got a class for you. Yeah. And I'm just really impressed with like the, the level of teaching, the commitment by the teachers, the programming is great. And just the hot yoga feels so gosh dang good. Mm. You know, there's all kinds of varying levels of different spiritual contributions that the teachers make, but I don't ever feel like they go too far or go too little. I think it's just, it's just right. It's, it's just awesome programming. And I know Core Power is a old school Denver company. And they've, they've done really, really good, for better or for worse. Uh, but I just want to give them a shout-out. I had a couple of great sessions at Core Power last week. I'm always looking for you when the classes are changing because, like, I go, I go to the F45 right under Ryan's Core Power Yoga, <laughs> and I'll see, like, a class coming in or coming out. I'm always like, is Ryan up there? But I'm always dying down below. So if you ever look in and see me doing, like, some weird squats, it's probably because I'm dying. 
cool. I'll pound on the window like a gecko and just like, I know that guy. (laughs) Instructors would be like, do you know him? Just be screaming no rep from the door. (laughs) No rep. Let's go. <laughs> nice. That's a wrap from us this week. Uh, dear listener, I really appreciate you guys listening. Um, please subscribe to the show if you haven't yet already. Uh, kitcaster.com forward slash Denver to find us. We're on YouTube. We are on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. And we're everywhere. Um, you have a podcatcher. So definitely check us out. We appreciate you listening. Um, shout out to our sponsor this week, Samana Float Center. Samanafloat.com. Go down there and get yourself float I feel better um that's a wrap I, I appreciate it have a good week everybody see you later